Good morning, Pastor and Table Church. I'm excited to be able to worship with you guys even from far away. God, this morning I just ask that you will just be in every house, every home, no matter where everyone is watching this morning. That your mercy, your grace, and your love will just encapture us, surround us, embrace, embrace us. Just manifest your presence this morning, Father. Let us feel your love as though we've never felt it before in such a strong and mighty way. With everything that's going on, Father, we just stop. And we take time just to be in your presence, to honor you, to magnify you.
Father, we thank you for today, and we're so grateful to be on this Sunday morning, uh, the day we celebrate your triumphal entry during this incredible Holy Week. And God, we ask today that this time in your word would encourage us, enrich us, and empower us. In Jesus' name, amen. And Brittany, thank you so much for leading worship from home today. We are so grateful for that. Thank God we have technology, right, guys? Thank God we have the technology to make all of this stuff happen. And so here's what I want you to do. Speaking of technology, go ahead and share this video. I'm going to share something out of Matthew 21 today that I've never preached before. I've 
actually never heard it before until this past week in study and prayer and reading, just blown away by a truth out of Matthew 21 that I've never seen. So go ahead and share this, uh, if you would, on your social so that we can have as many people assembled online as possible. Uh, this is how we assemble the body of Christ right now, okay? So let's get right into this, okay? I'm going to ask you a question. What kind is this? What kind is this? Three things. What kind of king is this? What kind of kingdom is this? And what kind of people are in this kingdom? What kind of king, what kind of kingdom, and what kind of people? And I think you're going to be just so blessed by this. By the way, I hope you have your coffee. Hope you have your coffee this morning. If you do not like coffee or if you do not drink coffee, we do have counseling for you. So we want to <laughs> offer counseling for you. Uh, but I do have my trusty on-site cup because uh, it keeps it very, very warm. And I also hope you have the one thing that will keep you on fire all the time and keep your heart warm, the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew 21, okay? Verse number 1. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, Hey, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. Isn't that remarkable that he just said the Lord needs them? Uh, but we'll talk about that in just a moment, okay? So, what kind is this? First, I would ask you, what kind of king is this? What kind of king is this? Because this is, I want to set up some history here for you. You got to keep in mind that at this time, Jesus has done so many miracles. They've seen him do all kinds of crazy things. And they're saying, yes, this is the Messiah. Now you got to keep in mind their idea of a Messiah was a guy who would ride in on a white stallion, overthrow the Roman government, take over everything and establish Jerusalem back to her glory. But this is not what Jesus did. He shocked everyone, and instead of riding in on a stallion, he would ride in on a donkey of all the things. And we'll talk about that donkey in just a moment, okay? So Jesus comes in in an uncanny fashion, only the way Jesus could do it, and totally flips upside down their version of what a king should look like. So he mounts a donkey that's, that really was ridden by the lawgivers and the rulers, which there's so, many pre so much preaching right there. I can't wait to share with you that in a moment. See, they wanted this temporal takeover. They wanted Jerusalem out from under the Roman rule and restore the motherland back to glory, okay? But when they tried to make or force Jesus to be king, Scripture says he ran and hid. He would go hide from them and go, no, 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 you guys are missing it. You're trying to force something that's not, I'm not ready to do this yet. I'm actually, not only am I not ready, I'm not going to do it like that. I'm not going to take over by force. He's going to take over a different way. Now, here's the thing. In your mind's eye, Matthew 21, you can read what they did. They would take their cloaks, their outer garments, throw it on the ground during this triumphal entry. They would reach up and pull palm branches down, calling it Palm Sunday, of course, and they would throw and dis they would distribute and strew out these palm branches, making this makeshift highway for a king riding on a donkey. And they would scream, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And see Jesus riding on this makeshift highway prepared by people, prepared by human hands on this lowly burden of beast called a donkey. Jesus rides in as king? I mean, really? Of all the things Jesus would choose to do, this is how he would show up? Estimated 3,000 people are there to usher him in. And Jesus would say, listen, yes, I will be the king of your life, but I'm not going to do it by force. 
I'm going to do it by love. I'm going to do it by signs, wonders, and miracles. We're going to take over by giving. We're going to take over by believing in me, not by shoving me into this makeshift throne that really would have been temporal, right? Because the moment you overthrow with a forced king, the moment that king doesn't do what you want him to do, you'll overthrow him as well, which kind of happens in our lives with Jesus. The moment he doesn't answer us right when we say he gets overthrown by opinion, overthrown by doubt and disbelief. Now that's a whole other sermon for another day. So what kind of king is this? Definitely one that did not show up the way they had hoped. What kind of kingdom is the second point? What kind of kingdom is this? Well, it's a kingdom where the disciples uh, are like the 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 servants of the king like there's a there's a fancy word called the courtiers the, the the or the courtiers right these are the guys who serve him hand and foot but those kind of people really were not the type of people that Jesus would have in his band of disciples, right? So Jesus didn't have like a bunch of little princes waiting around, waiting to ascend to a throne. He only had, hear me, he only invited sons and daughters into this. <laughs> Come on, somebody give me the hands up in the air. He isn't asking us to ascend. He's asking us to submit as sons and daughters that's the kind of kingdom that we're in, that he would not call us anything but son and daughter. And for many of you watching your whole life, you've just waited for someone to call you son and someone to call you daughter. And Jesus is saying, I've already named you. That's who you are. Now, Spurgeon, who's the greatest preacher in history, in my opinion, other than Jesus, of course, I want to read Spurgeon's excerpt uh, about this. It's phenomenal. Don't let your ADD kick in. This is so good, okay? Now, he speaks old, old English, okay? So it's kind of heady, but just hang tight, okay? I'll even put this description uh, online a little bit later, this little blurb, okay? Spurgeon said it like this, learn then that if in Christ's kingdom you would be a peer, you must be a disciple. To sit at his feet is the honor which he will give you the poorest man that loves Christ or the humblest woman who is telling to accept him as her teacher becomes once one of the nobility that wait upon Christ Jesus. What a kingdom is this which makes fishermen nobles and peasants princes while they remain but fishermen and peasants steal. This is the kingdom of which we speak in which discipleship is the highest degree in which divine service is the patent of nobility. Wow, what a man, what a writer. You see, the thing about this king is he did not come decreeing laws in stone any longer, but he would write them on our hearts. In fact, remember earlier when I said that was remarkable that the guy would say, sure, if the Lord says he has need of the donkey, then let it go. I wonder if it's because he had heard of the fame of Jesus and maybe God had begun working on his heart that, he had written something in his heart that would say, if he ever has anything that you need, make sure you give it to him. That's what I mean. How would the man know to give it? He says that the Lord has need of it. And the Bible says he sent them straightway. He sent them right on because apparently something had been written on this man's heart way before Jesus ever asked. And that's what he does for you and I. He writes on our heart. He doesn't come with a law and dominion and authority but rather one of love and compassion. Yeah, he has dominion authority. Of course, he's a king, but it's one to bring people up 
not to suppress them down, which is the total opposite of the empire that they're in, the Roman Empire at this point. So what kind of king? We know what kind of king. Secondly, what kind of uh, kingdom? Again, we know what kind of kingdom. And third, what kind of people? Oh my, this is going to be fun. What kind of people? Now remember, he gets on a donkey that had been by, ridden by the Jewish lawgivers and rulers, right? But I want to tell you the kind of people that Jesus would call. And I've got to have a little drink of coffee on this one, okay? You're going to like this. So everybody take a drink of coffee or whatever it's you're drinking this morning. And um, some of y'all laughed a little bit too hard on that one. Um, I don't know what's going on at your house, but for right here we got some coffee. So when he calls his disciples, now listen to me. There has been this stupid, amazing show on Netflix called The Tiger King. And when I saw this, I went, that's who Jesus would call. That's who Jesus would invite to be a part of this party, to be a part of this triumphal entry, to be a part of his band of disciples. The cast of Tiger King is it, man. These are the type people that, and by the way, if you go, well, that's not me. No, the fact that you think that that's not you proves that's you. We're all the Tiger King. We're all a mess who lets our mouth run faster than our brain. We all want the fame we want to be. And you know, we might not want to be famous in the world's eyes, but we want to be famous to somebody. We want to feel big in front of somebody. Our pride rises up. We judge people quickly. I still judge people often. I have to say, God, why is this judgment still in me? I don't want to be this way. And he reminds me, it's because you're Joe Exotic. I just don't have the handlebar mustache and the eyeliner that is tattooed on. But there are things that I would go, man, I see myself in those people. I see how broken those people are. We're the misfits. We're the Tiger King clan, man. And this is who Jesus calls? What kind of people? What kind of king and kingdom? Well, it's the kind of king and kingdom that says, whosoever will, let him come. This is the Jesus that we get to be a part of. This is the kingdom that we get to be a part of. Now, I want to tell you this. Rarely do the royals run after a king who leads a band of misfits who will cuss you one moment and cut you the next. But this is the type of disciples that we have. Peter is the OG in the New Testament. This is who Peter is. He's the OG, baby, in the New Testament. But I want you to notice something, and this takes us back to our original passage, and I'm almost done here. Jesus, when it was time to take this royal ride into the holy city, he chose a donkey. Now, this message has been preached and preached and preached and preached, and we've come up with all kinds of ideas, and all of them are valid, but this, this idea of, of what I've found this week has been so changing in me. It's because Jesus, when he would go to get the donkey, he would also say, make sure you bring the baby donkey. Make sure you bring the colt. Don't just take the mother, bring the colt. Why? Well, when Amber uh, had both of our children, not at the same time, thank you, Jesus, um, one of the first things they would do would take the baby and put it skin to skin with, with Amber. And our children would be skin to skin with mom because they knew her voice. They knew her breathing pattern. They knew her heartbeat. They knew what it was like to be back 
in the safety of its mother's care. There's nothing worse than having a child stripped away from the safest person or what should be the safest person that that kid would ever know. And I want to tell you what kind of kingdom this is. Jesus is the kind of king that wouldn't even take a baby donkey away from its mama. Did you hear this? Don't go get the donkey without getting the cold. Bring them both with you. Because see, Jesus cares for the least of these. Jesus cares for the lowest of the low. Now, let me tell you something about this donkey. Remember, donkeys were historically ridden by lawgivers, and a donkey is a beast of burden. It carries the weight of burdens, right? Oh my gosh, watch the revelation right there. The lawgivers sat on the beast of burden. The lawgivers sat on the beast of burden. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm going to show you what it's like to fulfill the law, that I'm going to sit on the very thing that carried the lawgivers all through the city to remind people of the laws. I'm going to remind you of grace. Jesus would use this as a prophetic implication that there's a new lawgiver in town. There's a new way of doing the law in town, and he would choose to use that donkey and its baby to do that. That's the kind of kingdom. That's the kind of people that Jesus would gather around him, people that knew they were burdened under the weight of the law, and Jesus is going to show them a brand new way, a new way of love and power and glory and kindness and grace. So Jesus would gather all these type of people together, and here's what he would do. When he rides into the city, the scripture says they took off their outer garments. It was almost like Mardi Gras, but without the flashing. Yeah, (laughs) without all the beads, right? It's a Mardi Gras party, really, without any wild, crazy mess happening. They're taking off their garments, throwing it on the ground. And you know what these garments smell like? They smell like fish. They smell like homeless. They smell like body odor. They didn't smell noble. They didn't smell as though they had been sitting in a palace eating the best food among the best company. No, these were peasants. These were poor people. These were people who were the lowest, considered the lowest of the earth. These are the people that are abused by the Roman government. These people are the degradation of society. These people are me and you. And that's who Jesus calls. You go, Matt, are you sure he would call somebody so low? Remember, he wouldn't even take the mama from her baby because he cares for the least. Even of all the beasts, he cares for the least of these. Bring them both. You know what he was saying? I'm not going to leave anyone out of this triumphal march. I'm not going to leave anyone out of this kingdom. I'm going to drag the least of these with me. So today you may be feeling like you're one of the least of these. I think we all do. And you go, Matt, does Jesus really do that? Yeah, he left the 99 to get the one. That's the kind of king that we serve. You see, Jesus taught us that if we're really to be his apprentices, his disciples, 
If we really aren't going to carry his heart, then we too should never leave the least of anyone out of this march into this new kingdom. And yes, one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm asking you, will you go and get the least of these so no one is left out of being a part of this kingdom who is lorded over by the king of grace, the prince of peace, the king of glory? Can you get the neighbor that you feel like is the least and the worst and say, listen, do you know that Jesus has already paid for your sins? All you've got to do is just accept him. Jesus has already died for the worst of you. Jesus not only died for you, he died as you. And you can be a part of this new kingdom. You can be a part of this new way of life. He will not leave you behind in this. So what kind? The kindest of kings. The kindest of kingdoms. The kind that accepts you just as you are. This is the kind of king that we serve. Truth is, I'm probably just like that donkey. I'm just stubborn and unbroken, and I need the king to sit on me, to break me, to do whatever he has to do so that I can transport him into the city in which I live. There's so much preaching around this. I got 10 different sermons rattling in my head. I remember what kind of king is this? The kind that won't overthrow anything lest he do it by love. What kind of kingdom? The kind of kingdom that anyone would be happy to be a part of. And what kind of people? People just like you. People just like me. Today, I want to ask you to ask that king to be king of your life. You go, Matt, do I need to pray a prayer? Do I need to do something? You just need to believe. You just need to call on the name of the Lord. And you go, how do I do that? Just say I need you to be king in my life. Just tell him exactly that. There's no formula to this. But I thought I had to pray a prayer or walk the aisle. No, 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 no. All you have to do is surrender your heart. How do I do that? You just say, I'm nothing without you. I can't do this life alone. And I would encourage you to begin reading the Bible. Read Matthew chapter 5 first. That is Jesus' greatest sermon, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Beatitudes. And just take your time and read one verse a day. It doesn't matter. There's no law to this. There's no rhyme or reason to this. You just read and let God speak to your heart. It's very simple. And then we'll worry about all that other stuff later. Yeah, there's a whole ton of other, but I, I thought this, and I thought that, don't worry about all that stuff. I just want you to simplify your faith, okay? Simplify believing in a king and allow him to be king and Lord of your life. And if you do, would you email me? Welcome at thetablechurch.cc welcome at thetablechurch.cc and let me know that you made a decision today to follow Jesus. Or you can even place it in the comments right under this video. We would love to know that and celebrate with you. Remember to submit your prayer request, thetablechurch.cc slash prayer, thetablechurch.cc slash prayer. We need to see your prayer request on our prayer wall, okay? We want to see that so we can be praying for you. And I want to remind you today before we go, please be faithful in your giving. 
please be faithful in your giving. Thetablechurch.cc slash give. For us to be able to continue doing what we're doing, we ask you to continue giving what you're giving. You guys have been so faithful. And actually, I need some of you to maybe learn what it is to be obedient in this time of sacrifice. Do you know the scripture says he, he, he requires obedience over sacrifice? He desires obedience over sacrifice? It may be a sacrifice, okay, but are you being obedient? That's what I would ask you. That's what the scripture would challenge you on. So be faithful in your giving for us to be able to continue doing what we're doing as a local church. And I cannot wait to see you and hug you all in person very soon. It's going to be a wonderful day. And y'all better bring y'all's best worship when we get back together, okay? Thank you so much for being here today. Make sure you share this later today if you would. Start a watch party. If you're just watching this later in the day, definitely start a watch party and share it with people. Okay, I love you guys. The Lord bless you. And I look forward to seeing you on Easter Sunday next Sunday. Yay, see you. I've never known